good Monday morning to you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're going to start this week talking about prayer. Sometimes we say that we are wrestling in prayer for something. Uh, We hear others use that phrase as well. And that phrase, wrestling in prayer, is a biblical one used by the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians. Uh, But it only appears one time. So what does he mean, biblically speaking, to wrestle in prayer? That's the question from a listener to the podcast named Jason. Pastor John, hello. Uh, I listen to your podcast daily through my iPhone. Thank you for helping me think through questions, even questions I didn't even know should be asked. Here's mine. In Colossians 4, verse 12, Paul affirms Epaphras uh, because he is always wrestling or struggling in prayer for the church of Colossae. Uh, What does it mean to wrestle in prayer? Who is the wrestling against? And how do I and all of us learn to wrestle like this, to wrestle in prayer ourselves? Well, the first thing I'd say is that kind of question is so good, so important. Yeah. It's so, and it's so simple. Yeah. Like you're reading along and you tend to just breeze by something. And he's stopping and saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's that really like? Yep. <laughs> well, he says he's wrestling in prayer. What, what would that feel like? What would I be doing differently than I'm doing? That's, it's just a great question and, and good for me to think about. And I think, I mean, this is the best I know how to proceed the best way forward in answering a question like that is not first to look into my experience and say, okay, where have I done that? What's wrestling like for me? Because I might just read in my experience into the text. So I think the best thing to do is to take the word wrestle or struggle or whatever the word happens to be you're working on and, and look up the ways in the Bible with a concordance, how Paul or whoever you're reading used it in other settings so that the word uh, in this case, the Greek agonizomai, and you can hear the word agonize in English in the Greek agonizomai. Where has he used that word? And and Or you could just use the English with wrestle or struggle. And what might that shed, what light might that shed on the way you pray? So let's start with Colossians 4, 12, because that's the text he's asking about. Here's what it says. Epaphras who is one of you, so Epaphras was from Colossae, but he was with Paul, and that's why Paul knew how he was praying. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling or wrestling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. So the answer that Epaphras is after in his prayers for the Colossian believers would be that they stand and that they stand mature and be fully assured of God's favor and God's will as they live their Christian life. But but what Jason is asking about is not what they're praying for, not what Epaphras is praying for, but about the way Epaphras is praying. And he, he's wrestling. It says he's wrestling and he wants to know, and I want to know, well, what's that like? Should I be doing more of that? And if I did, what would it look like? So let's, let's go to those other uses of the word wrestle or struggle or fight or however that agonizomai is translated. Probably the most important one is right here in Colossians, back in chapter 1, verse 28, 29. Paul says, Christ we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Same goal as Epaphras' prayer, by the way. For this I toil. 
Now, that's not the word, but the modifying participle that comes after is the word. For this I toil, wrestling. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that he powerfully works within me. He works within me. Now, two things stand out there concerning this wrestling. Um, one is the word toil. So this, this form of wrestling is work. It's work. So Paul is saying that his teaching, his warning, his ministry efforts to present the Colossians mature in Christ is toil. It's work. It's the kind of work that involves wrestling, which sounds like, uh, in other words, there are hardships and obstacles in this work that have to be wrestled out of the way. It requires exertion and effort, as if there were this big boulder on the path, and you've got to wrestle, put your shoulder into it and push it out of the way so you can get on with your work of, of uh, teaching and working and praying for these people. So it's, it's a rigorous kind of work. So I think it would be right for us to say that in Paul's understanding, Epaphras, in praying, was doing something similar. The kind of prayer that he undertook for the Colossians involved toil, the kind of toil that included wrestling with hindrances or barriers. It's got to be pushed out of the way in order to be able to keep praying. Now, the other thing that stands out, it's almost, it's almost uh, the opposite, or it's, at least it's a relief from the pressure of putting your shoulder against a boulder. The, the other thing that stands out in Colossians 1.29 is this, wrestling with all the energy that Christ powerfully works within me. Hmm. So Paul does not think of his ministry wrestling as something he does in his own strength, even though there's enormous effort and toil. It's not being done in his own strength to try to get Christ to be active for him. It's just the other way around. Hmm. He says Christ is super active prior to his effort and in his effort, enabling his effort to toil with wrestling. And I think that's the idea with prayer. You don't pray, even though if it may be hard, there may be work in it, but you don't do it in your own strength. And I think in 1 Timothy 6.12, Paul is saying, in effect, that the, the fight of faith is exactly that. That word fight there is agonizomai. He says, fight the good fight of faith, Timothy. And the word fight is the same word as wrestle and struggle. So the point is that the very nature of the Christian life is that we are to live by faith and fight all our battles by faith. That is, seeking to rely on the strength of another and do everything we do, easy or hard, by faith, by relying on the one who is at work in me, enabling me to do what, what I'm striving to do. So even though the word wrestle sounds demanding, what it demands above all is faith that God is the one who wrestles in us and through us and for us. Another implication of wrestling comes from the way he uses it in 1 Corinthians 9.25, where he says, every athlete, now that word athlete is 
one who wrestles, one who struggles. Every athlete, every wrestler, exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. I think this implies that Epaphras, in his praying for the Colossians, used self-control. And he disciplined himself in his prayer. Maybe that means in order to find the time in his busy life, he had to get up earlier. So he denied himself a half an hour's sleep, and he, he pommeled his body, as it were, to say, body, get up. This bed feels really good right now. And he says to his body, like an athlete who gets up to train at 5 a.m., he says, get up, body, and he devoted himself to focused time in prayer for his loved ones back in Colossae. That took control um, of, of his own inner impulses, which might have preferred to, to stay in bed. Maybe one more example. This time it comes from the way the Gospel of John uses agonizomai, or wrestle, or struggle. John 8, 1836, Jesus said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting. Now, that's the word. And, and, and you know that in this context, that means they'd be pulling out their swords and sticking your soldiers in the throat to keep me from being handed over to you. So, agonizomai here isn't wrestle a boulder out of the way. It's kill somebody to keep them from... Uh, making your Jesus ineffective, Mm. at least as they understood it. So that means literally fighting against the Roman soldiers with swords and clubs. So I think when um, Paul says that Epaphras is wrestling, struggling, or fighting, there really is warfare going on. So I'm, I'm drawing in the warfare imagery now. Uh, not just the athletic imagery. So you got athletes who need discipline. Now you got war, and you need to defeat an enemy. And we all know from Ephesians six twelve that uh, Paul says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now that's a different word for wrestle in the Greek, but the idea is the same. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So when Paul says that Epaphras is fighting. Not just wrestling, but fighting in prayer, he probably includes the reality that Satan does not like what Epaphras is doing at all and is trying to stop him. And he must take the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith and quench the, the prayer destroying fiery darts with that, with that shield of faith and with the sword of a good promise from God. So those are a few of the ways that uh, prayer is like a wrestling match. It's like wrestling in hard work with obstacles to be removed. It's like wrestling with athletic efforts, with the need for self-control and discipline. It's like wrestling in a fight with swords when the devil has to be driven off. Anyone who has ever tried to pray in any focused or sustained way 
for some spiritual breakthrough knows something of this kind of struggle. So, don't think of prayer always as an easy conversation. You hear so many people talk about prayers. Just a wonderful, have a little conversation with Jesus. Well, it is sweet, and it is easy sometimes. But often, it is a walkie-talkie during war. The bombs are dropping. The enemy fire is heavy all around. Prayer is embattled, and uh, we are called to get on the frequency of the heavenly headquarters and send in for fire cover here. Like, I got to have the Air Force Mm. quick, Father, because I'm in trouble. But never forget, even our call for help is an act of help from the Lord who is innocent for us. Yeah, so good. Thank you, Pastor John. That prompted me to look uh, just now on this podcast. In 10 years, we've never talked about prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie, but that's a point that you've made a lot over the years. Uh, I need to pull some sermon clips on this, I think. More on that later. We'll pick that up in in the APJ series. Thank you for joining us today. You can ask a question of your own, search our growing archive, or subscribe to the podcast all at desiringgod.org forward slash Ask Pastor John. Wednesday, we're going to address the love of money. Uh, When we think of the love of money, we tend to think of the lavish lifestyle of a billionaire sultan in the Middle East, or we think of a big tech CEO who catapults himself into outer space just for the fun of it. Uh, Mostly the love of money we ascribe to the irreligious, the opulent, those with lavish lifestyles that gives evidence to a love of money in their heart. But the Bible speaks of the love of money in different terms altogether. A love of money inside the heart of the religious zealot, an idol that infects even the staunchest religious person, even those who claim to follow the law in detail and with great zeal. This is a fascinating point. Pastor John is going to make it on Wednesday. I'm your host, Tony Ranky. We'll see you back here for that. Thanks for listening.